Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. Eastern Mindset Call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at that exact time. And we talk about mindset. We talk about leadership. We talk about life. We talk about books. We talk about affirmations. We talk about success. And we also take this call and load it on a podcast platform. So if you're on the podcast platform and you're clicking around and you see this thing that says mindset and you click on it and the sounds kind of strange, well, it's because it's a conference call. This is not a uh, podcast with the professional mic and all that kind of stuff. We just wanted to add this to the mix because uh, I feel that it's simple for people to get to and listen to the replay because our goal here is to teach, and we want people to learn. And so in order to learn, you got to go back and listen to the replay, over, take notes, and apply the stuff. So we put it where it's easy access to get to it on, you know, like Breaker, iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify. I think we're on 16 different ones um, that you can go to and listen to them. It's over 305 on there now that you can go back and listen to it any time. You know, click, take notes, and apply the information. Uh, you got to do that. See, you just can't hear it one time or two times and then say, I got it, because you don't got it. Experts say we only retain uh, 10% of what we hear. 90% goes out the window. And I think that's a, some, I think it's something to do with our brain that it kind of blocks stuff so it won't overload. And uh, that's why, you know, we sat in school for so many years. We had to hear the same thing over and over and over and over so we can get it, you know, repetition to to program us. Now, you know, Alvin Toppler says that the person in the 21st century who's going to be successful has to learn, unlearn, and relearn again. So that's what we're doing here, folks. We also have a replay number, 712-432-1085, 712-432-1085. Put the same PIN code in that you use, 783357-POUND. And you are good to go, folks. You are good to go. So, all right, uh, we're going to get started this morning, and uh, let's do this first. I think we're going to do this first, yeah, and we'll be right back. Man, it's 
Tony, that's you. That's not me. <laughs> so I know it's hard to say that, so I'm not going to say it then. I'm just going to say these are easy read books here. And we're going to do them in a particular order and use this one particular author for a while. Some of y'all who've been with us for a while have read some of these books, and some of y'all have not. So they're very simple, easy reads. You can order right away. They're very affordable books. These are storytelling books with leadership included in them. Storytelling books, uh, he's telling the story throughout the whole book, uh, but he got some great leadership points, and one of the best writers, in my opinion. Love the guy. So, and that particular book is called the the first one we're going to read is called the greatest miracle in the world, the greatest miracle in the world, and it's by Og Mandino. I know some of y'all probably say O.G. Mandino. Oh, that O.G. Mandino book, <laughs> but it's called Og O.G. and uh, Mandino M-A-N-D-I-N-O O.G. M-A-N-D-I-N-O uh, like I said, these are going to be 30-day books, man. So uh, Saturday is, uh, we'll start, you know, you can start as soon as you get it. If you order it or go to the store and get it, you can start reading it. And you might be finished, you know, within, you know, two days or a day or three days, you know what I'm saying? So reread it again. Because I, I, I actually uh, suggested it to a young man um, who I was talking to on the phone, and he actually went and got it, and then he showed me a picture of it, and then he texted me back like three, four days later, said, man, great book, read it. So I'm telling you, easy read, easy, easy peasy, somebody said. Uh, easy read. and But it's some good information in it, man. I mean, some good information. Um, why would you start reading that? <laughs> Somebody suggested that. Oh, you saw the picture that I put out on the page. I guess. I don't know. Uh, is that what it is? You said no. What made you start reading the book then? How did you even know about that dude? Oh, I mentioned it last year. Okay. And you just, uh, you becoming an avid reader now, huh? You just, you just got to have some more things to feed your mind. And so you just ordering those books, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know it was on the page we showed, you know, but this young lady here is becoming just a just a avid reader, so she just happened to be reading that one, okay? Well, um, keep reading it then. Maybe read it again or whatever, but I tell you, um, great book, and y'all have no excuse not to finish this book unless you don't buy it. And you have no excuse not to read it because it's only, uh, it's only, and I know they don't have any new editions of this. They might have a new cover, but it's only about 112 pages of a simple read, I tell you. Yep. Great read, though, man. I mean, when I first started reading his books, and I was reading these books in uh, 1997. That was suggested to me by Mr. Ty Best, the guy who really got me reading books. Uh, he's always say, you know, go to this page and read that. And I would go to that page and, and read for about three or four pages. Then it would be like, you'd be like me, you know, uh, sip, sipping on a, a milk bottle. You know, how a baby starts to cry, you know, so... <laughs> Because I actually did what he said do. So I would go and grab that uh, and read it. And not just that particular book, whatever he suggested. Uh, so I tell you, those are the ones we're going to roll through probably for the next six, seven, eight months. He got a number of those books. But there's particular orders you want to read them in. That's why, um, and I'm glad uh, that you took this first book because this is the order that I was going to go in, which is, this one called the greatest miracle in the world greatest miracle in the world so let me read a little bit from it then we're going to be through today actually not going to be on here too long unless i get excited about what i read but uh so uh in this particular part here he's actually talking to god or god is talking to him i put it that way god is actually talking to him and or to us in general and so God says that, um, or whoever you want to call your high power, you know, you know, you might, whatever. But so 
God says, uh, you are my greatest miracle. Now, you are the greatest miracle in the world, which is the name of the book. Those were the first words you ever heard. Then you cried because they all cry. You heard that, and then you cried because they all cry. He said, those were the first words you ever heard. You did not believe me then. You know, as a baby, when you actually came out of the womb, you started crying. I said it to you when you came out. Mm. He said, you you did not believe me then. And nothing has happened in the intervening years to correct your disbelief. For how could you be a miracle when you consider yourself a failure at the most menial of tasks? How could you be a miracle when you have little confidence in dealing with the most trivial of responsibilities? How can you be a miracle when you are shackled by debt and lie awake in torment over whence will come tomorrow's bread? And he's saying that's what you're saying in your mind. You know, okay, you're saying I'm a miracle. And he said you didn't believe that when you first heard it as a baby. As a, you know, coming out of the womb, you didn't believe it. He said now, because you have, you know, these things that you consider a failure at the most many of, many of tasks, how can you be that miracle? That's what you're saying. And you're also saying, how can I be a miracle when I have little confidence in dealing with most of, most of the trivial responsibilities I have? I can't be any miracle. How can you be a miracle when you are shackled by debt and, and lie awake in torment over which will come tomorrow's bread? He said, you're thinking that. How can I be a miracle? Enough. The milk that is spoiled, that, that is spilled is sour. Yet how many problems... How many, uh, how many problems, how many wise men, how many poets, check this out, how many wise men, how many prophets, how many poets, how many artists, how many composers, how many scientists, how many philosophers and messengers have I sent to you with the word of your divinity and your potential godliness and secrets of achievement? How did you treat those people? How do you treat those prophets and those wise men and how, how those poets and those artists and those composers and those scientists who told you that you had potential for godliness? How did you treat, you know, the guy that's running the book club and he, you know, he's been reading stuff to you guys and telling y'all books to read and all that? How did you treat him and how do you treat him when you think about, you know, what he says about you? You know, that, you know, you can win in life, that you can achieve in life if you do some of the things suggested. Now, I added all that in. That's not in the book. (laughs) Still, I love you, he says, and I am with you now. Through those words to fulfill the prophet who announced that the Lord shall set his hands again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. He says, I have set my hand again. This is the second time. You are my remnant. It is no is it to no avail to ask, haven't you known? Haven't you heard? Didn't uh, Patrice Russian have a song like that? Haven't you heard? Looking for you, haven't you heard? <laughs> Matter of fact, that's the one Kirk Franklin stole and said, uh, what was the song he made? Uh, <laughs> can't, I can't think of Kirk Franklin's song. Y'all know the song I'm talking about. Um, so haven't you heard? Hasn't it been told to you from the, uh, from the, um, hasn't it been, I mean, I mean, hasn't it been looking for you? Oh, it's been Kirk Ferguson's song. <laughs> is that what it's called? No, that's what she, her song is called. Um, from the beginning, it has been told to you. Haven't you understood from the foundation of the earth? You have not known, you have not heard, you have not understood. You have been told that you are a divinity in disguise, a God God playing a fool. You have been told that you are a special piece of work, noble in reason, infinite in in faculties, express and admirable in form, and moving like an angel in action, like a God in apprehension. You have been told that you are the salt of the earth, You've been told that, man. 
You were given the secret even of moving mountains, of performing the impossible. But guess what? You believe no one. You said you did, but you believe no one. You burned your map to happiness. You abandoned your claim to peace of mind. You, you snuffed out the candles that had been placed along your destined path of glory. And then you stumbled. You lost and frightened in the darkness of futility and self-pity until you fell into a hell of your own creation. Now that right there probably bothers some of you all, but it's what we've been saying, the hell of your own creation. What do you mean my own creation? Your thoughts, the stuff you've been hearing, stuff you've been listening to all your life, the things that you've been around, that created you, folks. A hell of your own creation. You created the Frankenstein that you are. You did that. No, it wasn't. It was the man. Now, the man has some things to do because the man, you know, there are the isms out here, racism, sexism, and all that. That's some of it. But you got to understand how to work around. You let that affect, you know. And I'm not saying that it didn't affect all of us. I'm not saying that it doesn't right now to this day. But that still doesn't mean the hell that's happening that we didn't create a lot of it. We keep ourselves saturated with something on at all times. You know, whether it's, and this is me talking, this is not the book, whether it's radio, TV, or whatever, so that our thoughts won't, won't you know, let us know where the real challenge is coming from. We can't sit in silence. You know, we call that meditation for a while. Because our thoughts and the things that run across our mind, it just, man, it hits us hard. It hits us hard. It hits us hard. You, we can't do that. We can't do it. Um, so that hell that we created, now guess what we do? He says that then you cried and you beat your breast and you cursed the luck that had befallen you. You refused to accept the consequences of your own petty thoughts and lazy deeds. Now, understand this is, God speaking to you in the book. This is not Tony Fleming saying that because that's what you was, Tony, you always said, well, I'm saying the stuff that seems like God saying in the book at least, <laughs> you know. Um, your own petty thoughts and lazy deeds, and you search for a scapegoat. See, we're always looking for one of those, a savior, or a, and then the, if the savior doesn't work, it's a scapegoat on which to blame your failure. Yeah, we always got those, you know, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And if you had done that, then, you know, you know, we always did that. We always does that. You know, we always just figure out a way to, we got to have somebody to blame, but we won't look in the mirror of that person because that's where it is. But we look for a scapegoat. Some of y'all saying, well, I ain't going to read this book. We look for a scapegoat in which to blame your failure. How quickly you found one, guess who you blamed? You blamed me, which is God saying you blamed me. You cried that your handicaps and mediocrity, your lack of opportunity, your failures were the will of God. He says, but I'm sorry to tell you, you were wrong. And let's take some inventory. And I'm going to stop right there because when you start taking inventory, <laughs> you're going to have to start looking in that mirror. You gotta start looking at yourself. You gotta start thinking about. It. You gotta take. He said, "Let's take some inventory." God said, "Let's put a let's put a list out here. Let's go down that checklist. You know, let's do the the old Ben Franklin. That's what I that's what I came up with. You know, we used to use the old Ben Franklin. Um, you know, uh, in our closing at 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 and T. You know, so when we would sit down with somebody, um, <laughs> and when I did that, I used to think I used to think. Uh, that these people sitting at the other end, like the decision makers, and, you know, they would think that, I know this, but I was surprised that a lot of those guys didn't know it. You know, you know I was surprised that a lot of the decision makers and the owners of these companies had never heard that or never read it or, or, or whatever because 
I'm thinking to myself, if they had, when I sat down with them, they would just stop me in my tracks. So this is the tactic that I, the, the, the process that I would use at AT&T when we went for the clothes to get the, uh, the system sold. So I used to keep a notebook with me, and I'd put the notebook on the desk, and I'd say, I'll say to the decision maker while he's sitting there thinking, I'd say, you know, I read about Ben Franklin. You know, and I read, you know, uh, which, you know, you heard uh, Lewis talk about the how smart Ben Franklin was. Now, I hadn't really read all the stories about Ben Franklin. I hadn't really read the books about him. But I would I would say, and I think this came from Tom Hopkins, you know, one of the sales trainers. He said, I, I said, well, you know, I've read about Ben Franklin, and let's just do this, you know, while you're making that decision. Old Ben used to pull out a sheet of paper, and Ben would draw a line down the sheet of paper. And then on one side, I'm thinking, I'm making sure I'm getting this right. On one side, he would put why, and then on the other side, he would put why not. And so uh, at the end of his uh, little problem-solving thing there, he would make a decision by looking at the why and the why not. So I said, let's, let's, let's just do that right quick down. So um, let's go down to why's first, and then I'll say, uh, well, you know, why should you get this $200,000 phone system? And then I would list some of the benefits of it, and then, you know, I also would always say this. I would make sure I found out uh, who AT&T had sold to that was his competitor. So if this was um, – if this was, uh, let me think, uh, you know, because I sold to a lot of law firms. So if this was John, Bob, and Smith law firm, I would make sure I say, uh, why should you? I said, well, you know, well, one of the things is you're familiar with uh, Edwards, Glenn, and Thompson, aren't you? You know, the law firm, they have one of these, and they're pretty sharp. Yeah, that's a pretty sharp law firm. When you agree, I said that. You know, I write. That. So I already knew the, the competitors. I write that down on the why, and then why you should get it. And then I would write down, well, it's AT and T equipment. So you know that uh, you know that you got backing behind you. You know that you got. You can pick up the phone, call at any time. We got service guys all around, and I write that down. And then you know, I write down. Uh, you know. You know, some of the young ladies that I've talked to throughout the office, uh, she, they just love this equipment. I mean, they love the simplicity of it. They love the way it looked. You know, you know, you know, such and such. You know, Sheila, who, who's your head receptionist there? I mean, she just loves it. You know, because I've already talked to her and made, you know, you know, I, you know, bought her some donuts. So, <laughs> she, she cool. So I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, I would go, you know, all the list about why you should do it. And then I said, let's go to the why not. And I say, well, you said, let's go, why not? Let's see, now, why not should you? I mean, why should you not do this? Let me see. Because you've already said that y'all need equipment because I wouldn't be here if you didn't. <clears throat> Correct? Yep. Um, let's think again. So why not should you? I said, well, Maybe it's the cost. So let's put that down. Let's say why you shouldn't, why you, why not, you know, maybe it's too expensive. Let's put that down. Let's just say the phone system is too expensive. And I'll write that down. But I said, now remember, Edwards, you know, Johnson and Doohickey, they got it. <laughs> you know, that's one, of the, that's one of the best selling points when you're talking to people. You know, I don't care what it is. If you sell it to your... If you selling some equipment on somebody's house or something, but well, you know, you know, old John Doe down the street got this. <laughs> you know, he can't, he can't let John Doe, you know, outdo him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so, so we would go through that, and, and I made sure that those why nots were very short and the whys were very long. And so when you looked at the sheet of paper, old Ben would look at that and say, "Man." You know, if the only problem that we really have is the expensiveness of it, the cost of it, you already know with AT&T, you know, you, you, you know, we put you on a plan, man. You pay this thing off in a minute. You know, you, you know, doesn't take long. We already know who you are because they've already had some of that old equipment for years. We don't even need to do a credit check. 
Not that that would matter to you, because y'all just a big firm, you know. All we need is a nod, and I'll pull out the little paperwork and say, boom. So that's the, that when, 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 you know, God says, let's take inventory, <clears throat> that's kind of like what you're about to do. We're going to take some inventory, but I'm going to stop there because you got to get the book. And then once you read the book, you'll see when he started talking about inventory, uh, you know, how that finger comes all the way back to, you know, how them four fingers, you know, you point that one at me and the mother four coming back to you. <laughs> so, uh, Maybe I should have told y'all that. Cause I don't want to read that because <laughs> that ain't the problem. Me, I mean, I'm not the problem. It's you know, it's everybody else. It's not me. Who me? Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. That's not it. But uh, so you know, folks. Guess what? That's it today. I'm done. You can take. You can put a fork on me and take me off the grill. I'm done. But let me answer this question from Preacher Man, because he didn't send me this long text. He did this right before the call. So, All right, let me see what part should I read, because i got to check Preacher Man before I read stuff, because he's he been, like, saying some stuff that y'all don't like. Uh, all right. It's a lot of stuff, Preacher Man. So the first thing he says is, Tony, why do you think you have grown folks, not children, in the profession who get an attitude and won't talk to you anymore if you're not interested in their program? Hmm. I thought this was a relationship marketing and not do it with me or we not longer friends marketing. <laughs> And since you're not you're a top earner inside of your profession, have you experienced this, and how did you deal with it? He says, I ask because you have so many people stuck in today, even in your program, you know, there's a blah, blah, blah. I wanna, I'm not going to say that, you know. <laughs> but he says, I just believe there are two or three, maybe three people waiting to set a person's business on fire who are now not interested at the moment, but they are watching them. And we don't get that. That's crazy. We don't get that. Shaking my head, he says. So, well, let me say this. Um, one of the reasons I think is, and, and, and I, I'll say for me, and I don't mind, you know, talking to anybody. I'm always friends with everybody, I think. But I think one of the challenges I have for me, and maybe why I'm not a billionaire either, you know, why I'm not majorly successful now either, because I don't do this. But one of the reasons I think is because if you were to present something to me, sir, and we are friends and we are cool, and I say no, that I'm not interested right now, uh, usually what happens, at least with me in my situations before in the past, is that your AZZ won't stop. See, you won't stop. See, if I said, okay, I'm not interested right now and, you know, blah, 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 we can't hang out, we can't talk, we can't do anything without you bringing it back up again. And you bringing it back up again. And you bringing it back up again. And you bringing it back up again. So I'm like, it might be better if I just kind of bag off from you right now. Because, see, when somebody tells me that, I'm going to stop. Now, I'm going to still let them know what I'm doing on a regular basis. I'm still, because I know they're watching me, I'm still going to do certain things. But I'm not every time I get around you and every time we talk, here you go with, well, see, this is what we're doing here. Now we, that's why a lot of times, that's why a lot of times you just won't stop. Okay, we, <laughs> Jesus, didn't I say, yeah, I got a situation like that now. It's, it's two or three guys, maybe more. It won't stop. Now, I hear people tell stories that that's the reason why they they decided to come because this person kept calling, kept calling, kept calling, kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. Now, I don't, you know, maybe so. Maybe so that works. Maybe so that, but, and maybe so that's why I'm not, you know, whatever. I still have you on my mind. And I still have ways that I do it, you know, without doing it to you, without, you know, so I know you watching. 
So I'm always, you know, I post something or say something is, but I'm not literally calling you and not literally sitting down with you, you know, if y'all decide to go somewhere or meet up or something. And I'm not, you know, putting a full court press on you every time. See, that's what people do. That's why a lot of times folks don't want to say no to you because typically in the past, when you say no to a person, they still come with the full court Georgetown, you know, Arkansas full court press. You know, put the heat on you. You can't even bring it across the line without somebody hounding the hell out of you. And you say, why do they hound? Because they don't have a list and they're not willing to go through everybody. They just got a certain amount of people they want to get. And when they can't get those, they just hound the heck out of you. They're not, they're not going through a list because they hadn't created one. So they're not calling and they don't want to do that. They just want to, you know, in their mind, if I get you, Boy, if I get you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so that's what they do. That's why they hound. And that's why you kind of, a lot of folks, at least in my opinion, for me, I can't hardly, if you could, if we could just be, you know, you know, be friends without being lovers. <laughs> but that ain't how it really works in business. We got to, we, we can't, if we ain't friends, we, we got to be business partners. And I'm like, oh, man. Now that's my answer, but I don't know. Um, don't I don't know what everybody else's is, but um, but that's you know that's you know what I see people do because no, most folks don't have a list of of, of you know a hundred names because you know even when, it's almost like we're afraid to even say it. You know we've gotten to a point now where we're afraid to even say it, and, and I guess I, that's rightfully so because. Folks get so scared when you hear that. You got to say, give me 10. Write down 10 names. Because you say 100. Oh. Oh. No. 100. Oh, no. You know, but it ain't, a, it ain't a problem when you get married. You think of a 1,000 people to write down because you want that gift. I mean, everybody's getting one, you know. Hey, what's that guy name that was over your house last week when I was there? You know, the one that was walking in when I was walking out? The one that I spoke to and said hello, and you know, and he said hello. What's his name and address? You're like, why well, you want his name and address? Well, you know, I'm getting married. I'm gonna send it. <laughs> you ain't even talk to him. Yeah, I know, but I met him. But you won't call that guy about your business. You won't call that. You call him about that gift, though. You know, about your marriage and stuff. So, what I'm saying is, we don't we we don't have a list of people we go call. So those ten people we have are twelve. We're going to hound the heck out of you. I mean, I mean, full court, you know, I think. Who had the heart? Who had the full court press more? I think it was Arkansas. What they call it, 40 minutes of hell? I mean, they was on you. <laughs> Soon as you got that ball, you didn't even bring it across court. They was on you. 40 minutes of hell, that's why. Because most people give you that. So, all right, sir. Uh... Thank you for the question. And, uh, folks, again, the book is called The Greatest Miracle in the World by Og Mandino. Little blue book. I don't think they've changed the color. I don't think Og has changed anything about that book. I don't think so. It might be a new updated version. It could be, but I'm not sure. But I promise you it's an easy read. It's a story. It's a, it's a parable kind of with, you know, with leadership stuff inside it, you know, that really, really, uh, I think can help us, and so there's no excuse why we can't read it. So, all right. So I got a voice today, and I and I listened to I listened to Kimona when she said, "No, don't stop giving us stuff because you know we might can learn we can learn some new people." Because I can promise you all, most of y'all, none of y'all probably know who this is, but you know you should. But I'm almost sure none of y'all know who this is, and this lady's on stage and she's telling a little. Uh, analogy or a little story. She's telling a little story while she's speaking to the crowd. But I need to know the name of this lady. And I can tell you this. She is the first. Uh, she is the first. Um, okay, so I'm reading a, a comment from somebody. It says, it is also the constant comment of you are one person away. So people try to go after that one person. <laughs> is a lie when you say you're one person away. Well, I'll say this. 
I say you are one or two leaders away. You got to, you got to get. I maybe I might slip and say persons too, but what I mean is, and what people should say is, you're one or two leaders away. Now you don't know. Now, well, if I even say that, that's gonna still make a person howl because they might think that you are that leader, and they might feel like you are that leader. So I'm not gonna let you go. You know, <laughs> as May said before, I let go. I'm not gonna let you go. So I might, you know, so. Whatever it is, but it comes down to that, to where we just, you know. I mean, I feel like I got somebody here that's on this call, and you know who I'm talking about. And it's not anybody else think I know I'm talking about. It's one particular person who don't who just sent me an email the other day. So you know it's not none of y'all somebody sent me. <laughs> just won't let it go. Because they say, well, you know, you the, you the one now. I could be, that might be why I'm not a, a billionaire, a super successful, because I don't do that. And maybe the ones who does, who win, they do that. They just, you know, they call and they call and they call and they call. Now, I might, I'm going to still call you and we're going to talk, but that ain't going to come up. The way that comes up is that you might see it on my social media. You might see me talk about it. You might see somebody else. But that ain't coming up. You said that's not true if you have that one person. No, no. I said that one leader, like like it's a lady in our company got two leaders, one on the left, one on the right in, the, in, in, this, in our program. And boom. <laughs> Boom, kaboom, that, what, guess who stepped in the room? Kaboom, guess who stepped in the room? You know what I'm saying? And uh, the payday is there. So uh, you can't have that, you know, because those two brought all the other folks you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? You're saying there's more people. Yeah, you do need more, but if you got two super-duper Leaders, they're going to have the other ones. You know what I'm saying? They're going to bring them to the table. Um, not to say that you should stop, but, you know, that 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 uh, that's what, you know, I always see it all the time. I see people who have success, and they might be have success in one leg. And then they get this other leader, and success starts to come in that one, and now it's, you know, you cashing checks. So, um but, you know, that doesn't mean you should stop doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, all right, so this mystery voice here in, um, so that's an outlier, though, those examples are. Of course, you know, most people, you know, it's, well, most so you're saying most people are not going to have two leaders, one on the left, one on the right. Of course, I mean, you, because most people are not going to continue doing what they're supposed to do on a regular basis, that comes. I think I was just talking about that earlier this morning. Was I talking about that? Oh, I talked about that on the a post yesterday when I talked about Mike Tyson said, you can be good, but if you're not disciplined, then it doesn't matter. And discipline means you're going to keep going and keep going and keep going whether you see the success or not. You know, you got to – and that's, that's true. Most people are not going to – that's why it's a, the reason is an outlier because most folks are not going to do it. They're just not. It wouldn't be that if we were to do it, but, you know, for some reason, that's why the world operates on the 80-20 or, you know, or 90% of people don't do anything. And I, and I know some reason. I know why. I know why. I can tell you why. Is that those 12 years of programming that we got, and I always say once we left high school, the powers to be who programmed us for those six hours a day Every day for 12 years, you know, they put their hands together. They said, all right, let's see if you can change this thought process, buddy. Let's see if you can change this thought process because we didn't locked it in. And when you tell those people they need to read and, and reread and do this and that, watch how they look at you and say, I'm done reading. I'm done changing my mindset. I'm done. I'm, that's why. 
It's only a few that's going to go and reprogram themselves from the thoughts that's been programmed in them. It's only a few going to do that. Everybody else going to say, I'm intelligent, I done went through the system, so I done done this and done that, and I'm good. <clears throat> and that was it. Uh, I don't understand that part of it, what you said just then. Uh, so, again, uh, the book is The Greatest Miracle in the World by Og Mandino. And I'm going to put the picture up. And like I said, y'all can order that book and be done with it before. So this will be a 30-day book. It's really a five-day book, a 10-day book, you know what I'm saying? But, but you need to reread it and, you know, we're going to talk about it, all right? So uh, I'm going I'm to do this today because I said I probably most of y'all will never because I know preacher man. I, said, I went on. So if you know this voice, you pretty cool. But this is a first. That this this lady actually is the first of a uh, profession that's been around for years and years and years, and she's the first female African American that's in that particular position. And so I'm gonna let you hear this. She's giving a little analogy on stage, a little story. But this is something that you can learn about. You know, when I give you the name, Google her. And then, you know, you know somebody that you can, you know, sound intelligent when you're sitting down with somebody and say, I bet you can't name such and such. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to post that out, not the video. I'll probably post the video tomorrow or something like that, maybe today. All right, but let's see who got this. Men, thank you for being here and thank you for indulging us because when we talk, we're going to be saying sisters. <laughs> we ain't saying brother today. It's sister today, and you can say it too. So I need you to look at somebody, find somebody, and just look at them and smile. And say, sister, what's the matter with you? All right. I need you to look at somebody else and say, sister, what's really the matter with you? All right, I like this audience. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Woo, talk to me. Amen. A, a well-known speaker started off his seminar by holding up a $20 bill. Y'all see this $20 bill? He said, I am going to give this $20 to one of you, but first let me do this. He crumpled up the $20 bill. Then he asked, who still wants it? Raise your hand if you still want this. Look how many hands went up. Well, he replied, what if I do this? He dropped it on the ground, stepped on it, crumbled it all up, got it nice and dirty. This ain't getting too dirty because y'all keep it pretty clean here over here in the energy school. Okay, but as dirty as it can get. And then he said, who still wants this after what I just did? I stepped on it. I crumpled it up. It's dirty. Look at the hand. All right, so wait a minute. Before I finish this, I got two texts from, I got two texts or two phones. Preacher Man said Ursula Burns and Harriet said Sandra Williams. And um, I don't know these, you know, ladies. So please send me a text and tell me who they are, and then I can Google them also so I can be knowledgeable about that. But are they the first at something? You know, being a black female, are they the first at that? So, but even though they're not, still let me know who they are because I'd like to know. So, but that's not them. I mean, that's not who this is. Put them back up. Look around the room. But you still want it. My friends, he said, we have all learned a very valuable lesson. No matter what I did to the money, you still wanted it because it did not decrease in value. It was still worth $20. Many times in our lives, he said, we are dropped. Somebody say dropped. dropped. Crumpled. Somebody say crumpled. And ground into the dirt. Oh, I didn't even have to tell y'all to say that. <laughs> Somebody in here has been ground into the dirt. It said by, the, by some of the decisions we make and the circumstances that come our way, 
We feel as though we are worthless. Have you ever felt that? That we are worthless. But the worth of our lives comes not in what we do or who we know, but in who we are and what we value. So look at somebody. Somebody wanted to clap. You go ahead and clap, sister. You go ahead and clap. So look at somebody again, find a, find a different person, and say, Sister, who are you? And what do you value? Now find another neighbor, find somebody else, and say, Sister, what really is the matter with you? All right. All right, folks. So I got text from saying, um, you said, can we get a clue? Well, if I give you a clue, then you're going to get to Googling right quick. And <laughs> so Bernice King, was, what was she the first at? I don't know. Bernice King is a is a um, pastor, right? So what was she the first at? You know, I don't, this person was the first at, I'll say, here's a hint, a CEO of a particular profession. So now y'all Googling. Boy, y'all Googling right now. Y'all, I'm going to be intelligent. I know who that is. I know who that is. I know how that is. Nope, 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 nope. Everybody who's saying Nikki Giovanni. Nope, 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 nope. See, there you go. See, she just Googled, and now she just came out with the name. And see, I should stop doing that because it's not fair for y'all to do that. But, uh, and I, I'm not going to even give you credit for that because you just, you just agreed with it. So, <laughs> so that's what you get for saying you, you Googled it for hand out. Nah, <laughs> life's not fair, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> now, now you're not getting any credit for that. So, um, her name is uh, Cynthia Marshall. Google that. And she's the first black CEO of an NBA organization. And the NBA has been around for years and years and years and years. And she became the first black three years ago by Mark Cuban, who owns the Dallas Mavericks. And that was during a time where... People were criticizing the NBA, saying that it was a lot of sexism in all these in, in these corporations with these women in the NBA. So Mark Cuban stepped up to the plate and hired her as the first black female CEO of NBA organization of the NBA, which is the Dallas Mavericks. And there's still not another one in the NBA right now. And her name is Cynthia Marshall. She was huge. Uh, had a huge position at AT and T. But Mark Cuban was the first one to say, okay, I'm going to step up to the plate. And she said, and you know, that she's going to make sure that she's not the last one either. So her goal is to make sure that not only is she the first, but she's not going to be the last. And y'all don't understand how huge that is. Um, but I'm going to post that. But you can Google Cynthia Marshall. And so now you got a new conversation piece when you're talking to folks. You can say, man, you know. You know, like Cynthia Marshall. They're going to say, who? Oh, you don't know who Cynthia Marshall is? She's first black female CEO of a NBA basketball team. Y'all don't know how big that is. I mean, that's really huge. You're talking about multi-million, billion-dollar organizations that she's running. You know, huge, huge, huge. So uh, that's it, folks. So all she wrote, pen and the pencil broke. So this week I'm going to be keeping all my money because I'm going to be finding people that put some people out that y'all might not know about. Saturday, I, I, on Saturday, I give y'all the, uh, the the hip-hop and the, and the, uh, and the uh, reality TV people, you know. I give you the hip-hop and the reality TV people. So, <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> I know y'all mad now. What do you mean? What do you mean? You can't give us some. You can't give us some hip hop during the week. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Nope. I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. Don't be afraid to learn. Oh.